Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Welcome to Mixed Bag, where we review the mixed, muddled, and mere and mediocre movies of film history. I just kept a few more ands on that one. I think I kept thinking the sentence was going to be finished, but it wasn't. I mean, if we can just add to the list of M words for I think we yeah. keep adding to that. Yeah, mysterious, yeah. mawkish, maudlin, all the different things. <laughs> Mud the melancholy sucker. films. Um, I'm Cassandra. I'm Matt. I'm James. Yeah. Welcome to Mixed Bag. Welcome to Mixed Bag. Well, we, we already, already said that. Said that. <laughs> um, but we're joined here today by our guest, Johnny. Um, please welcome Johnny Potts. Um, Hi, thanks for the, thanks for the welcome. <laughs> Even though we are recording this in my home. Yeah, this yeah. is the thing. Is, yeah. I was saying, we, we have a guest on the podcast. This is also our first field recording episode of the podcast, where we are actually on location uh, at Johnny's lovely home. Yeah. Uh, Johnny is a stand-up comedian. He's an actor. He's a writer. Director, jack of all trades. I think I'm a director. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I just chucked <laughs> that one in there. Put that in there. There's a little is sprinkle. That is that true? <laughs> if you go back and listen, there's like a split second pause where I'm like, I'm not sure. I'll just say it. So, but yeah. There you are. Why You're not? a director now. Canon, yeah. It's canon. Yeah. Yeah. It's been said. It's recorded. And uh, you have a. Um, a fringe show coming up that uh, relates to the Hudsucker Proxy and our viewing experience, right? Yeah, the Hudsucker. I didn't tell you guys this actually, but the 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 VHS of the Hudsucker Proxy is a major part of the show that I'm doing. Oh, cool! In awesome. the fringe, which is called uh, the best show in town is at your place every night, and it's on at Batch Theatre from the third till the sixth of March in the Heyday Dome. Woohoo! Um, as part of the as part of the Fringe Festival, and it's a tour. Without leaving bats, it's a tour of Wellington's video shops. I love that. Make sure to check it out. I am a big, big fan of Johnny's work. Absolutely. Was great. And also a fan yeah. of this premise because it yeah. just sounds great. I'm very excited for this yeah. show. <laughs> I used to work at a, a video store called, um, uh, it used to be United Video up in Brooklyn, and then they like lost half of their sign or they, they tried to change it. So uh, Cass and I nicknamed it Ted Video. Um, and it was, uh, but it's meant to be Brooklyn Video. And well, is it because yeah. the uni? The uni yes, off. sorry. Yes. The uni the got taken gone. off, so it yeah. was just Ted. But yeah, um, it was quite a dire time. Like people used to come in and want more coupons from the United Video but of course United Video weren't sending them anymore so they'd just like be getting going through like old coupon books and things you'd be like giving them to people yeah there's a bit of old, old coupon books <laughs> not many though I mean like the the whole infrastructure of the thing had pretty much fallen apart at that point and it was run by the dairy owner across the road who, who was... inherited their stock yeah, yeah that's right. right and that's now he right. just sells them and the dairy there are stacks and stacks of DVDs yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he was continually being like clean the, the floor you've got to clean the floor and I was like <laughs> I don't think that's going to solve the video store problem <laughs> although yeah, there's always the dirt when yeah. you think about video stores something that, that, that a lot of people have said to me is they remember people with vacuum cleaners the oh, whole time. that's right. There's I feel like constantly I, yeah. people vacuuming the carpeted floors of mm. places. The uh, the most amount of money that I nearly got, I think I did sell it. The, sell it to them in the end was I put up an old Italian poster of the good. No, not the good, the bad, and the ugly. What the fistful of fistful dollars, dollars yeah. um, and like a drawn kind of a version of of Eastwood. And someone came in and was like, "I will give you twenty dollars for that." And I was like, "Oh, sure." And I had that ethical <laughs> question of like, "Oh, should I? Is this for the video store? Is this for me?" <laughs> I brought it in and I put it up myself. So 
yeah. I pocketed that twenty dollars. Yeah, fistful <laughs> of those twenty dollars. Yeah, 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 exactly. You made a fistful, fistful of dollars. Of that. What you so, sold that to someone? But it was your own thing that you bought. Yeah, bought it. <laughs> just my own thing that I had like done to like try and pick up the video store and like get it going again. Right. Um, so it wasn't a vintage poster. No, no, okay. no, no. <laughs> um, and I had got, the, and it wasn't. It was just like a, a a print of something, like a copy um, that wasn't all that expensive at all. Um, but and I think they knew that. And but yeah, if you wanted to spend twenty dollars on it, that was mm. their, <laughs> that side was hustle. Their that place yeah. is now an Indian restaurant. Yeah. Mm. yeah. How yeah. many video stores are left operating in Wellington? Uh, two. Right. Uh, is that... There's Aro Video, who are in... sponsoring the show. Yeah. And there's Island Bay um, Video, cool. which is which is also a, a post shop, and you can send faxes right. and, oh, yeah. and emails <laughs> and, <laughs> send yeah. the fa- you know. all your faxes you need to send. Yeah. <laughs> um, plus, I think there is one in um, um, Paraparamu. Uh, there's a United Video up there, I think, still. Mm. Right. And uh, the one in Otaki has just closed down. Oh no. Yeah. RIP. RIP. Yeah. Yeah. I love the quality of going in and looking through the X rentals in particular and getting my finger flicking skills in motion to try and find the best bargains because you'd find all sorts in those places. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. RIP to video stores. Yeah, just deciding which one to rent out was really cool. Mm. I remember as a kid, just like going, like them divided by genre. Yeah. And like, I always gravitated toward the horror stuff. I don't know why. Yeah. I think they're the most eye-catching like images. Yeah, and it was like you, the the your memory of posters just it became yeah. burnt mm-hmm. in your brain. I remember yeah. there was a, a, vi- a video called Nessie that had like a slightly um, what do you call it like buffed out cover so that you could like feel an it. embossed like yeah. embossed yeah. cover. Yeah. Kind of thing. yeah, and it was like um, uh, the the lapping of a pool like um, the. Uh, ripples of a pool um, for like where Nessie was and you could like touch it and yeah and see yeah. who's a kid and just like I must touch this yeah. stroke the DVD the, cl- the yeah. classic one was the uh, Frankenhooker right <laughs> which, which had a thing you could push and she said want a date uh, <laughs> uh, the, the I think it's uh, oh, what is the what is the one it's not Return of the Living Dead uh, but there's 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 one at um, there's one at Aro Video which is in the shape of, a, of the box in the shape of a coffin and they still got the video out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, but yeah, I remember uh, I was thinking about all the horror for Because horror was mm. something that would, would people would rent a lot. Absolutely. Mm. And yeah. horror is also, and it's related to this film as well, horror, mm. the independent horror films and uh, the, the VHS thing mm. because, through Sam Raimi, who had a lot to do with this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. The Evil Dead was, you know, is I think for one of, I think it's one of the best independent film stories. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. And it's a great horror film. Um, and it, it and it was able to achieve so much because of the the, the video boom, and people would make these very uh, cheap films because there was a willing market for them. And now mm-hmm. a lot of them are just on YouTube. A lot of them, the um, the films don't really e- exist anymore. The videotapes you can't really find them anymore. Some mm-hmm. of them are very mm-hmm. valuable. Um, but you can you can go online and watch. Like I watched Blood Diner recently, which is a a, a, a cover that I remember really vividly from when I was a kid mm. and the movie's pretty bad mm. uh, but it's uh, it, you know in, in that it's not what I was expecting yeah. but it's still it's still great that, that, it, that, that it is you know still still out there and now you can just watch it whenever hmm. yeah. yeah I think I suffered through a lot of those horror films I always wanted to um, take out the um, Tales from the Crypt ones right and I don't know why, because for some reason I conflated the Crypt Keeper with E.T. So for the longest time, 
You've was, told me this story. I was very, very scared of E.T. because <laughs> I thought he was the Crypt Keeper. I, also, I think this is linked to the fact that your parents, or at least your father, seemed to have a very laissez-faire attitude to oh, what yeah. things were appropriate oh, yeah, for young Matt's viewing, which is really like, um, it, it makes Scarface sense. Scarface and <laughs> very young, just like all these violent films. So and... for me, my parents, I wanted to buy the X rental of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mum was very against that because there's something about the cover. It just looked too sexual. She knew. And she was like, if you want to spend your money on that, then fine. Um, But very dark on it. There there was a horror cash in of of E.T. It's famously Mac and Me, which is the... Oh, yes, um, that's the the robot, yes? No, no, he's a... a, Is he a robot? I don't know what he is, but he's he's a weird Furby-type, E.T.-type thing. Oh, yes, that's right. It was sponsored by McDonald's and the guy's called Mac. But there was also a film that had been made a few years before E.T. came out that they then marketed as E.T.N., the extraterrestrial (laughs) nasty. (laughs) (laughs) He had a big, long finger, but his claw and stuff. So I was uh, right. To be scared. Mm -hmm. That sounds terrifying. There's a link anyway, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll try to hand it down. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, so should we move over to the... We're already kind of talking about pop culture. Pop corner. Pop corner. Yeah. Cue the sound noise. Pop, 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 pop corner. There we go. Okay. <laughs> um, so something that's happened most recently to us, because we were recording this a little bit early. It's happened to us. Is, uh, yes, occurred a, <laughs> a, a truly significant moment in film history, um, is the Oscars, uh, which happened uh, for us two days ago, so it's still pretty fresh in our memory. Mm. Yeah. Um, Parasite won. Best yeah, picture. it was. I'm so surprised. I'm, I'm happily surprised that Parasite won Best Picture. We I was. Were... I had like. I think I filled out a ballot and said predicted that 1917 would oh, win because yeah. I have no faith in the Oscars to Absolutely. actually choose a good film. Um, um, yeah, we were watching. It was pretty boring, and then Bong Joon Ho won Best Director, and it just changed everything. Mm. And all of a sudden, the possibility. Um, was there it was yeah. yeah and every one of his speeches like had like a significant kind of like moment in them like his first one where he won for screenplay he laughs and looks well, at the he camera. looks yeah. just so lovingly down yeah. at the oscar like does this little like oh, i can't believe it um what this is so funny <laughs> like kind of little smile to himself yeah. which is great the scorsese moment in the was, oh that was my God. favorite yeah was, i just think that's so funny like somebody posting about like oh yeah scorsese I, I i i studied you at school all this quentin like oh you know you always support my films you too <laughs> yeah. good Good on you. Good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, even though I love Bong Joon-ho, like, a lot of Bong Joon-ho's films, like, something about his personality, I just like even more than his, his films. His personality is very so winning. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that was incredible. Um, yeah, it's the first foreign language film to win the Oscar for Best Picture, which has been, like, what, 92 years in the making yeah, now, yeah. which is crazy. And they changed the title of, of foreign language That's film right. now yeah. to yeah. International, International Feature Film. film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Any other moments from the night for anyone? Uh, yeah, no, it all kind of went as planned, really. So there were really no surprises. Apart from the last two awards. I mean, not the last two, because director was presented earlier. But yeah, um, I guess we just all underestimated the love for Parasite in the room, like in, in the industry. And the momentum was was there for, for it to win. And yeah, and this, um, the vague irony of like the like Jeff Bezos like yeah. being in a crowd of people that have voted for apparently this film that yeah. you know 
they are kind of the targets of because it's all about like extreme wealth and, yeah, and class capitalism and, and yeah. class and I don't know. It's it was weird either. that Jeff Bezos was there. It was very yeah. weird. Yeah. It was good that Chris Rock took a pop at him. Yeah, hundred mm. yeah. percent. So crazy though that like you know very little um, Asian performers have have been nominated. Yeah, Oscars. very few for acting. They're all acting still kind of like seen as a monolith as the parasite cast. Whereas I feel like if this type of film was made in English or at least with a white audience, I feel like mm. a couple of those roles would have gained traction in the race. But you know, mm. yeah. still a ways to go. Mm. You know, yeah. Johnny, what do you think of I the Oscars? You, the Oscars. Yeah. Oh, I I hadn't watched the Oscars for years and years. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just because I I kind of consider them kind of in a relevancy even more as I get older. Mm. Uh, but last year, I think, was the best film year in a long time. I think we're going through mm-hmm. a real purple patch of really great movies. And most of the movies that were that were nominated were ones I would actually, have actually seen or, mm. am, or am kind of okay with. Yeah. Mm. Even something like Ford versus Ferrari. I'm like, you know, this is it's fine, you know? Yeah. I haven't um, seen it. I, so, that's one I had. That's the, the probably the only of the one of them that I'm like I have no interest at all in seeing. But I I have heard from people that it is well made. It yeah, is fine. Of course, they've got old Hollywood kind right. of yeah. structure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. But yeah. It does, you know, uh, rest on you kind of siding with the scrappy underdog of the Ford Motor Company. For <laughs> <laughs> sure. Right. And accepting Christian Bale's like accent that like hops around regions every new sentence that he says apparently. Yeah, which is strange for him because he's he's generally so yeah. yeah. I remember when he was uh, doing Batman Begins, he did a I heard him doing a radio interview and he was speaking in an American accent mm. because uh, he would go through and he's, he mentioned mm. this in the interview. He would promote the film in the accent of whoever he played in the film, right? You know, and I think people didn't even some some people didn't know he was British, British before yeah. he won for Vice. Yeah, the, the Golden Globes. I think yeah. he's one of those yeah. people as well, where like I think his home accent, like having done so much acting and been living in a lot of different countries, I, it's probably yeah. like and it, just it, using, it's hard to find what the natural accent is at that point. Yeah. And just using the American accent all the time for him, really. Mm. Like most of the most time, of his roles, roles are probably you kind American. Of end up doing yeah. more American than you do. Well, him yeah. especially, because like you know, like someone like Kate Winslet doesn't usually play Americans, mm. and then when they do American accents, you're like, like oh, oh, that's, that's oh, yeah. definitely an accent. That's definitely not your natural accent. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, it's very very hard to find uh, to to make an accent feel lived in. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's something that people will always pick up on. Mm. You know, something that people will focus on. Because yeah. I reckon that in the to the general population, but they think they think acting uh, is crying, accents changing the way that you look, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. oh. memorizing lines and meltdowns, yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. big scenery showing. Yeah, talking of yeah, what the Oscars get impressed by yeah, most acting. Yeah, <laughs> the most acting that we can. The award for most acting goes to, Lucky which is why I'm really surprised that Brad Pitt won for like not a very big acting role. Yeah, I feel like it was almost like a stretch for him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He was great in it. He was great. Yeah, mm. I think that that award should have gone to Joe Pesci. One hundred percent. The Irishman didn't get yeah. anything, but I think Joe Pesci was doing some he really fantastic stuff. Just in the, the restraint mm. uh, and the menace that he conveyed in that restraint was mm. incredible. And even Brad and something like Ed Astra, he's like pushing himself. Oh, a that bit was more. the Brad Pitt role of the year for me. I yeah. think he had an incredible year, so I can't begrudge him mm. an acting Oscar this and year. And he seemed like in his speech, like 
quite vulnerable in terms of like him reflecting on his past and you know people uh, i've heard another podcast talking around like how the mask of some of the the people that accepted the awards began to slip a little bit with like joaquin and renee zellweger with some kind of stream of consciousness kind of uh, monologues but with brad as well with him like shouting out gina davis it was really sweet to see paul back to the show he has a speech writer we know he has a speech writer they write us jokes i bought it i mean (laughs) but like he has the the wisdom to know that he needs to have a speech writer and employs that speech writer unlike other actors necessarily the renee zellweger bit was strange because the film was totally absent from the rest of the evening Mm. yeah and so it seemed like she had just been sort of teleported in there (laughs) she seemed kind of without support Mm. a little bit yes yeah it was yeah very strange and i've heard nothing about that film either yeah you saw it i saw it yeah Yeah. because i you know i thought the performance is it a marion cotillard sort of not quite marion cotillard but she does give it her all and i think you know i support renee just because of what hollywood has done to her and now she's back and it's just incredible that she was away for so long and then she comes back and it's like oscar like yeah yeah Mm. and it's mostly the role obviously in the Mm. reverence for judy but she did work really hard on that film i think i prefer a couple of the other ones but you know i think she she definitely you know pulled it out and pulled out all the stops and and did i think it's better than her other winning performance Mm. in cold mountain which is you know one of the other um, stars that I, uh, not for that film, but in the, in the lineup of who was nominated, Margot Robbie, uh, I really like her like decade of like how she's kind of right, grown as a star. You saw, yeah, we just saw. Uh, stuff, uh, yeah, this is our, our segue getting into. Oh yeah, Birds this of Prey. Been since our last recording, yeah, so Birds of Prey, it's really good, guys. That's fantastic. Uh, it's really fun. I'll it's be seeing like, it on Friday. It's got a strong aesthetic. It's got a lot of great action that actually feels yeah. like it's I don't know like not necessarily realistic but that it's got stakes there's like you can hear bone crunching and get the sense that somebody could actually be injured in it which Mm. for me the thing i get i get really bored by most superhero films like i spend most of the time going like they're fighting but it's just people pushing big clouds of colored light around at each other yeah and there's no real sense of like superhero films lose me in the big fight scenes yeah i I find superhero fight things really boring but action storytelling is really bad sometimes yeah i felt this had really good action storytelling Um, and it was really yeah invested in it and then just the sense of humor to it is really fun and it's it's always refreshing seeing something that's written and directed by women in this sort of very genre-y genre that's so, that's so male-dominated. You told me um, that yeah. um, this was like, you. it was clear that this was directed by an Asian woman. Yeah, it's so clear. I mean, it's like, firstly, you can tell like, there's, there's such a female gaze uh, in the film that it doesn't, like, there's all these opportunities where most male directors probably would show how good these women look while they're fighting you know that's kind of the way of just shooting something and there there is none of that leeringness from the camera in this film so you've got that fair thing and there's also just a huge presence of like asian characters in it and like mm. small roles I and see. side yeah, yeah, roles yeah, gotcha. and like you know cassandra kane uh my <laughs> you know if i were to change my name when i got married to my <laughs> name uh is in there as small asian child who looks a lot like isadora lao shout out is he yeah um, but as a child and she's a she's um, a huge she is yeah. usually like is he as a child um uh, she's great yeah. <laughs> and she's, she's a huge character she's gonna eventually become as uh, a bat girl or bat woman i can never remember which one she becomes bat woman okay don't quote me on that yeah and it's and just all throughout there's like a, a really yeah. strong sense of characters everyone is like it's pretty much everyone is gay in that film there's a lot of gay lot of or gays. bi or like, lot, and it's, it's like great. canon as well it's i really canon. i really enjoyed ewan mcgregor's performance as well like it's a he's really very, fun some weird choices yeah 
The line um, reads are just... But they're kind of fun, weird. I can't, how is Rosie Perez? I cannot wait to see her again on screen. She is good. I wanted she's a guy. little bit more of her. Yeah. Um, she still gets quite a lot, but she's, she's pretty she's iconic. Pretty I just yeah. love her presence in film. Like yeah. in the 90s, she was pretty much the Cardi B of film. She's like <laughs> that New York kind of like particular mm. voice and character. And I can't wait to see her. I'm yeah. seeing it this They're definitely Friday. using her to be Rosie Perez. Like she's definitely well, being, They've cast her yeah. very specifically to type, I think, which is cool. Um, yeah. So yes, highly recommend seeing it. It's not doing that well in the box yeah, office. No one's seeing this film. It's really good. Yeah. It. <laughs> um, Give it a go. The only thing I've seen of note is I saw the last season, the last half of the last season of Bojack Horseman, which I think is one of the best shows of the last 10 years. It's certainly the best animated show produced thus far, I think, just because of story and breadth and then the writing and, and how empathetic they make the five, core five characters. And I think... For the most part, they nail this ending, like the good place that we talked about last episode, but you can definitely feel the rush of, of the glut of those last few episodes, where mm. I think they, they definitely had a season more of material, but I think they nailed it um, as far as all spinning all these uh, heavy stakes between these characters are concerned, and I think it's a, a show that I really uh, kind of glued on to for it's whole runtime and I don't know if we'll see anything like it again. So hmm. that was a very, um, yeah, important kind of moment in pop culture for me in the last hmm. couple of weeks. It's so. amazing that from season to season, it was always consistently strong. Like usually hmm. even with something like friends, you get like a dip of like, Ooh, skip that season. All of friends is dip. <laughs> yeah. Boo friends, cast wow. the anti friends Hot person. Take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bojack was always yeah uh, going from strength to strength with really interesting season, uh, uh, individual like one off bottle episode. So I'm really keen to um, complete the rest of it. I've got about ten or so to go. Yeah, those friends they have all just joined Instagram. Like, remember Jennifer Aniston when she joined? I did, I told I did you. hear that Jennifer Aniston joined. And then joined this week, Matthew Perry joined. I don't know what they're gearing up for. I feel like they're gearing up for something. Oh and gosh. I do not want it. Uh. <laughs> Look at how much of a disaster those the Roseanne reboot was. Yeah, Fuller yeah. House. Yeah, do you get a Fuller House? Kind of <laughs> the Will and Grace reboot. Now, mm. now they're all feuding. The What's happening? <laughs> they all hate each other Deborah now. Deborah Messing hates somebody else. Who's Megan like, Everybody else hates Deborah Messing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Something yeah. else happened there. Anyways. Do you have any pop culture shout-outs that you've been seeing other than this film we saw the other day? It's just movies. <laughs> I'm just really into movies at the moment. I'm not, I'm not so into, into TV. Um... And I've and I just sort of forgot that there are so many great movies. So yeah, awesome. I mean, there are loads of them, and I've been you do like, forget, right? Like yeah. Yesterday I watched Richard Linklater's Slacker for oh, cool. the first yes. time in ages. Um, uh, recently saw a Russian film called The Ascent, which was fantastic. Mm, yeah, uh, I saw The Science of Sleep again, which sucks. Mm. But, mm. So they're not, they're, which I wasn't quite prepared for, but they're not all great movies oh, absolutely. You know? um but yeah go to the pictures it's fantastic <laughs> 100%. occasionally yeah. i get like this about a medium you know like i got really into music in the middle of last year yes yeah. all of it is great <laughs> <laughs> music what a concept yeah. yeah this is me i'm trying to like read 
this year because I realized last year that I read probably two books in the entire year and felt like really sad about it at one yeah. point James was like are you all right and I'm like I'm just really sad because I used to read a lot and right. now I don't anymore it's, so. it's just so, something about you that kind of reignites like yeah, yeah when I go through a big movie phase again it's like this yeah. is what I fell in love with and yeah but I'll just yeah. another shout out to uh, Gio Tolentino's Trick Mirror which uh, Matt gave me for my birthday um and I have read all of it's this fantastic series of essays uh just about like the internet and like feminism and general like experiences of being a person in the modern era of 2020 and how strange and alienating that can be mm. and being a teenager on a reality show <laughs> lots yeah. of different weird things that, that she's experienced i'm glad i'm proud um, she's a great writer it's wonderful yeah. it's a really really like fascinating and interesting essay book yeah um, and yeah Cool. Talking of books, I'd just like to quickly shout out that uh, our two friends have books launching uh, yeah. this week, or it would have been uh, just recently, but you can go out and buy them in bookstores Available now. Available from Unity Books. Freya Daly Sadgrove uh, has hers, her book Head Girl, and Amon Mara has 20,000 feet above um, worry limit. Worry limit. Worry limit. We, got it. we got there in the end. Um, <laughs> but sorry, like 20,000 leagues under the worry level? Like, <laughs> yeah. I knew the beginning and the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> um, great. Cool. So, with all that said, should we move on to our feature presentation? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I don't think we have a sound effect for that one. Oh, so. well, oh, that's, yeah. that's we're just really right awesome, on isn't it? it? Okay. Um, this so, week we're talking about the Hatsaka proxy. Yeah, totally. And this was, was your choice, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you pick this film? Uh, because I love it and I think it's a masterpiece. Correct. And uh, it's. It, it was i think it it was a it was a box office bomb mm. it's it's been critically reviled mm. or it was at the time and some people still think it's an, an awful film uh but and i i can't remember the first time i saw it but i know i've seen it probably as much as if not more than any other coen brothers film amazing um and i'll i'll go down swinging for for this for this movie absolutely awesome so what's everyone else's history with it? i had never seen this film before um i was saying to james on the walk back from your place after we watched watched it the first uh, on monday um i was saying like i don't know if i've have i seen that many coen brothers films and then as we went through and i counted them up i'm like oh i've seen like 10 mm. which is quite a lot yeah. for like you mm. know the three of you are all much more well-versed in general like yeah. movie history than me. I'm more of like an enthusiast than an expert when it comes to... I do not have a film degree. <laughs> um, but like that, the fact that I've seen 10 of one, I guess, pair of directors' films is quite a lot for me. So I guess I had seen more, but I guess because they're all so different from each mm. other, um, you don't really think about them as sort of stacking up in the way that you would somebody that's got a more like every film is almost the same or is about similar subject matter or the same tone or style. Um, and I think that's kind of wonderful. Um, yeah, but I'd, I'd never, I didn't really know what I was getting into with this one. I was just like, I've heard of this and it has a strange name and I don't know what the name means. <laughs> so was, I think it was a very good way to, to come into this film. Yeah. Um, yeah, having had no prior knowledge. Um, I've, I've heard of this obviously, um, but I haven't seen it. This is one of the few Coens that I was like saving till the end. Because <laughs> I think this, um, Miller's Crossing is the only one I haven't seen yet. Mm. Um, which is a, uh, it's a great treat coming up. I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 But you have to like space them out. Totally. Um, <laughs> have something to look forward to. But I was, yeah, no, this was a great surprise for me. I definitely remember the, um, the poster with a hula hoop. And um, I remember I definitely knew that I knew the plot kind of. And I remember that Jennifer Jason Lee had the transatlantic accent 
But apart from that, um, very little in terms of just like general kind of no I knew the story behind it, but you know, I, I still didn't know what I was getting into fully watching it and uh we'll talk about how i feel um, mm. <laughs> in a few moments yeah i had had seen this one before and it took incredible strength to actually pluck up the courage to see it because that level of like what is treated as like good cohen's and not great cohen's is so strong that you feel like you just feel an instinct to skip it because it's not one of the important ones. It's, you know, it's minor Coens. I think that's, that's in the cultural yeah, consciousness. Yeah, it is, I guess. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, so it was kind of, I viewed it in the same kind of ballpark as Lady Killers and Intolerable Cruelty, which weirdly I had seen, <laughs> to go against my, my theory, had seen like three times, but that was because it was on like television all the time and mum and dad just loved stuff like Intolerable Cruelty. Um yeah, so it took great strength to see how it's like a proxy, and I remember being uh, pleasantly <laughs> took great. Yeah, it's a great moment for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I achieved much. You'd overcome um, the struggle. Yeah, and I was in, uh, pleasantly surprised when I first saw it, and just as delighted um, this time around because it's it's more than solid. It's like very impressive. Yeah, so I really liked this. I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. I I just I was just smiling the whole time. It's so whimsical mm. and wacky, yeah, both I of which it. I think some people don't like in things, and some people would find like particularly if you're expecting something that's more serious, I guess. Yeah. Then you might have an allergic reaction to something like this film. But this is totally the type of thing that I really really enjoy. Yeah, I love it um, when the so clowns I'm, get wacky. Yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised to hear. I guess I'm not super surprised, but I'm saddened to hear that it was so reviled by critics when it came out. And it was a huge bomb. Mm. Like mm. Uh, it, the budget was something like twenty five million, and it right. made nothing. Wow. Yeah. Um, and you know they they have Paul Newman in here mm. and stuff. And yeah, you've got stars and the sets and were state of the art and the stuff. Production like design that. was amazing. You could tell yeah. they spent a lot of money on that. Mm. <laughs> have the Collins done like? Uh, that kind of industrial kind of presence before because it kind of reminds me of like yeah like a gilliam kind of well, people well. say brazil a lot yeah yeah, yeah um because most of the time i associate them with uh yeah i, I guess a little bit more like gangster stuff or um, wide open space yeah yeah, rural, wide open yeah. Spaces, yeah. Like, yeah. raising small, arizona brother town. Out there, mm. even That's the right. sprawl of los angeles Absolutely. and big lebowski in fargo of course with the yeah. snow yeah. yeah so you kind of wonder if like that aesthetic is going to be fine for them and something that is so like intricate and cogs but like no they, they nail it the camera is zipping around like crazy um and yeah it feels very very in sync with everything else that they've made yeah, the production design is so cool in this film. Like it just, it's, it. yeah. it's so yeah. great. It reminded me, like the thing. Obviously, <laughs> I there's probably lots of more important films that other people have seen they can compare this to. But it reminded me a lot of How to Succeed in Business Without Actually Trying, which I really like. Uh, um, the old musical film, which has got a similar sort of premise, I guess, in terms of like it's about a guy that starts at a company in the mailroom and ends up becoming president by the end of the day, but with very different context around it. But the sort of stylized kind of mid-century business aesthetic that's kind mm. of mocking that entire aesthetic while having mm. fun with you know the the sort of i guess how um huge everything is like the gigantic scale of all of that stuff mm. Is, mm. Is, is what's really interesting and i, I think was really fun about both of those films um yeah so you, i guess you do get you know get wide open spaces but things like the way that they they design the rooms of like the, the rooms are huge like so Paul Newman's character that's like a huge cavernous office you do get the like vastness that. it doesn't feel pokey rooms, yeah. like it feels vast but in a, in a vertical way rather than a horizontal way yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? the boardroom with that yeah. huge table yeah. yeah 
Yeah. And yeah. being able to see the clock like slowly like turn in the yeah. background of Paul Newman's office. Like things are very big. It's very yeah. big. <laughs> Should we just go over like in case people don't know this film, like a brief synopsis yeah. of, of what it's about. So what is it about? You wanna start? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, we uh, start the film um, kind of uh, in media res, uh, where we see um, Tim Robbins' character called Norval Barnes climbing out of a, a huge tower um uh, a clock tower uh, which underneath it says the future is now and he is um feeling suicidal and is about to jump um and then the it's film... all narrated by a friendly black narrator of some kind who did not meet for a long period of the film yeah this is something that's you're watching it again sorry sidebar but uh this is something watching it this time mm. i was like oh this is like super magic like, yeah yeah there's some issues with the film and i think yeah. that we could talk about a couple of those things yeah, yeah. um i still enjoyed it a lot but that was one of the things i noticed 100 yeah um, and we never really like what's his get, name get the guy? full sense moses yeah, moses, yeah, moses. lives in the tower <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he is a character in the story but pretty minor and we don't he's, really get to he's just really yeah, he's, he's yeah. Definitely well, magic. it's the classic yeah. like yeah. magic negro stereotype where it's like oh he's, gonna, he's also got he's a there devil to... counterpart yeah 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 but he's there to you know help the the white hero I don't... <laughs> does he ever meet what's his name Norval. Norval? No, no, I don't think he, does, think he right? meets him. He, he meets just helps Amy. him. He definitely meets Amy, uh, yeah. but he does not meet Norval. So the the fact that he saves him yeah. now, thinking back, I'm, I'm just like, like why? why? I guess he's like a guardian angel kind of. Yeah. I don't know. He yeah. just knew it was magic. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I can I can just I can mop the plot up really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's yeah. Go, for it. It. go for it. Go for it. Okay, so Norval Barnes arrived. He's a graduate of the Muncie Business School, I think. Yeah, mm. and he's looking for a job. He can't find a job anywhere. Everyone needs experience. Uh, he applies for a job at Hudsucker Industries at the same time as wearing Hudsucker, the, the CEO of the company, leaps to his death. Uh-huh. Um, he starts in the mailroom. He's charged with bringing a, a communication between the top brass to Sidney J. Musburger, who's played by Paul Newman, who's, who's the, I guess, the vice president. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so he, he, everyone runs scared because this is often mm. bad news. He, he, he gets the, the letter to him but fails to deliver it, he instead shows him his idea, which is presented as a circle on a piece of paper, you know, yeah, for, for kids, kids, which I think is up there with, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Oh, I was, and I'll be so back. I've heard this line quoted so many times and yeah. I did not know it was from this film. I did not know it was from a film. I yeah. thought this was just a thing people said. I was like amazed. <laughs> so because the, uh, the, um, in, in the event of Hatsaka's death, the stock is made available to the public, Mm. Musburger hatches a plan to drop the value of the stock. To see, I don't care about any of this business yeah, stuff. Right? It's just basically yeah. Yeah. They, tr- they, they need somebody who yeah. is Sorry, really stupid yeah. to be in charge of the company, so that everybody will like worry about the Hudsucker Industries and mm. uh, they can buy up all the stock. Yeah, the stock will lower in value when they can and buy it. And then they can you know build the company up again. So by a series of you know improbable coincidences and strange happenings, um, our Mobile friend Tim Robbins he becomes Musburger. yeah well he becomes yeah. the, um, the, the, president. the president of the yeah. company. Mm. Um, and Amy Archer of, at the same of, time of yeah, the Manhattan the... Argus um, <laughs> smells a rat yeah what's happening um, so this I just enjoyed the transatlantic accent and the like fast talking Korea gal shtick yeah. that she's that Jennifer Jason Leigh is doing 
Should we? So much. May- She's so great. Should we maybe wrap up the plot just quickly and okay. then we can go throughout it? Sure. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. see if we can back to her. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, she smells a rat and um, she, she goes and uh, interviews. Uh, what is she? She pretends to be. Yeah, she, she, she has uh, a whole else. plot. She finagles away into, into yeah. the company, becomes her, her secretary. Yeah. That and scene, then, by the way, that scene, the way it's narrated by the two cabbies at the bar, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's magic. beautiful. It's, it's just such a great concept. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. <laughs> uh, she writes a smear piece uh, against Norman. Um, Norval. Norval, sorry. And he is um, very uh, uh, angry and upset about it. Um, he doesn't know that she did it. He thinks that it's some old spinster that works for the paper who's probably ugly. Yes. Across the course of that, they, they f- uh, fall, in, fall in love because she learns that even though he is uh, a bit of an idiot, an imbecile, um, he has a... <laughs> nice heart um he cares for people and Plus he, he has this great idea it's a circle for kids <laughs> yeah you know for kids yeah. so as the stock is diving um he does eventually able to get that idea um through and it turns out that it's not just a circle it is a it's called a dingus originally but it's eventually named a hula hoop um and it looks like the hula hoop is going to be a massive failure and they throw it out and then a kid who is very dedicated with hula hooping as well as Tim Robbins who does his own hula hooping as I think far he does his I own tell. hula hooping stunts but as far, I feel like it would be quite hard to, <laughs> to swap that in with a stunt hooper yeah. dedication yeah. it becomes a huge craze yeah. and um, the, the stock um, suddenly rises yeah. but then Paul Newman does something yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. What does he do? I mean Paul Paul Newman, whenever Paul Newman's name is about uh, <laughs> should have that level of pregnant mm-hmm. pause around Paul Newman it. sure sure yeah um, <laughs> does something he's he schemes he to do. He's well schemes. he schemes he to get him scheme. out which kind of works who cares we'll get into it oh it is a scheme yeah, oh, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that kind of pushes um, oh he gets somebody Noel. else to pretend that the hula hoop was their idea yeah and then, sure he gets yeah. Buzz the elevator Buzz the elevator who's so good he's great yeah He's great. He's so he also funny. pitches uh, pitches the bendable straw. Yeah, to, as a circle. Uh, it's a circle, yeah, you know, for circle. drinks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and um, and one of two image. great Cohen uh, elevator operators is also one in Barton Fink. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Barton Fink. That's it's, one that I haven't seen. And and um, Steve Buscemi, who has a cameo in this. Yeah. Um, it plays a Buzz type character named Chet. In, that's right. In Barton Fink. That's right. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but eventually, the scheme pushes. Norwell, nor is that Norval? Norval. Norval. God, no one is this called this. No one's have... called Norval. It's not a name. Norval, I know. <laughs> well, it's not Norval. Uh, Norval into yeah, contemplating pushing himself off the building. And he and he does. Um, well, he tries to go back inside, but uh, Paul Newman or somebody, no evil evil sign writing guy, <laughs> shuts yeah. the window on him, and he falls and almost seemingly to his death. But then um, Moses, yeah, uh, the clock tower guy puts his broom in the clock tower gears of the giant tower, and that means that for Whoa. some reason time stops. Except for Norville. Except for Norville and an angel uh, version of old Mister Hutsucker. Appears to him. Yeah. 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 Who reminds him that the blue letter is still in his pocket and that he was supposed to deliver it, um, which he didn't do at the very, very start of this film. Um, at which point we've forgotten about this. Which yeah. Definitely I forgot completely about the blue forgotten about it. Yeah. Um, which is he, still in his pocket. Because mm-hmm. he had that He draped up his it was, old mailing. Right. It was in his wardrobe. And they had a shot even showing it sitting mm-hmm. in the wardrobe. To, That's right. Yeah. yeah. Amy Archer opens the to, wardrobe. Yeah. yeah. And he reads the letter, and uh, the letter is uh, about... What is it again? Basically, they didn't need to do the entire scheme of trying to make the 
um, shares low because the person that became the president of the company was going to inherit all of the shares anyway. That was mm. what old, old Hudsucker's will was. But if they decided to appoint somebody else, then... Well, yeah, whoever becomes right, the president. Whoever. And so, of course, since yeah. old Norville has become the president, that means that yeah. he has all the shares. Mm. Um, the assumptive but... heir was Musburger. Yeah. But he got... Since of... he did the scheme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it meant that, yeah, he sort of screwed himself. Um but yeah, yeah so through this gets... whole stunt, the, the angel and the time stopping means that he does not fall to his death. He falls only a small amount. Yeah, and he gets yeah. everything. And the end is great. great. Yeah. yeah. So that's another circle for kids. End. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's a, a kind of a lesson from the angel around like, it's better to, yeah, be creative and to enjoy life as opposed to being bitter and jealous. Like he has, we hear a story that he was... Oh, uh, he was in love with Musburger's wife, who yeah. was one of those two ladies that was uh, yeah. haranguing yeah. Um, Norville at the party in the other scene. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. 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 Cool. So that's, so that's... The, the synopsis out of the way. Okay. I mean, sure, yeah. <laughs> Back to Jennifer Jason Lee. She's well, if... so fun. She's yeah. just got, like, it's the slang. It's the little, like, yeah. like uh, side of the mouth way that she delivers all of the lines. I love her little hand flick. That, that yeah, she she's a, it's kind of gestures. It's yeah. a little tick almost, but it's great. It's so designed. It's so, such a good pastiche of that, you know, Rosalind Russell, era. Catherine yeah. Hepburn. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Very His Girl Friday is what mm. I got from the yeah. film. Yeah. Well, the, see, this is the, the, the great thing is, it's just, it's just in the Wikipedia page for this film, yeah. um, one of them says that we wanted to make one of those films. We didn't want to comment on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so and so they took, uh, you know, the star power they had and the all the budget that they had to just make a movie that yeah. they would like to see themselves mm. in this in this genre. And I think that's why people found it a bit jarring because mm. yeah. you suddenly get this this thing which is just a really good version of this older style of mm. yeah. film, you know. And this is at a point where people were making like gritty neo noir. Yeah, so mm. it's just like neo screwball, right? But yeah, it's just. But it's just Nothing. scruple. Yeah, exactly. Really, the thing is much. that it's not really... Yeah. Like... And also there's a bit of like, it's a wonderful life. And well, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And Sturgis and stuff. With the suicide stuff and the angel coming back. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, no. And it's and that kind of style of, of throwbacks, I think, is becoming a little bit more popular nowadays with something like the Grand Budapest Hotel, which like has an incredible performance by Ray Fiennes, like harkening back to those kind of performances, you know, in a, in a kind of similar era. And that was a huge box of a smash. So it's just... Yeah, it's such a shame that that audiences knee-jerked and reacted against this so strongly. Sidebar, just a quick cast. If you ever want to continue watching BoJack Horseman, in the final season, (laughs) there is a pig boar named Paige Sinclair, who is voiced by Pidget Brewster, who is also doing this transatlantic accent. Ah, love it. Who um, investigates BoJack Horseman. She is, yeah, they basically play. There's like two characters, Max and and Paige, who are basically, um, yeah, Cary Grant and... Catherine Hepburn, and she does the voice so well. I, I had think, to perfect my transatlantic. I think accent. even better than, really, than Jennifer Jason you know. Lee, <laughs> just because of the amount of like tongue twisters and like little goofs and jokes that they pack into those scripts. So, I love a good transatlantic accent. I'm so glad you guys like her performance because it's something that a lot of people have. It's very divisive. With. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's and I think it's because uh, we accept it in. Hepburn and stuff mm. but whenever anyone does it these days it feels so mannered it feels yeah. artificial sometimes yeah. Yeah. and also Jennifer Jason Lee has a has a uh, an odd quality to her oh, yeah. voice yeah um I saw her on Broadway oh right in, in proof and the just the first time she opened her mouth she's crystal clear through the whole um theater mm. but it's just it's just there's such an odd tone mm. to her voice which I think suits this very very well mm. 
Mm. Fact, she's in loads of good movies, really. Oh, yeah, the nineties were so I kind to her. I feel like she's her. an actress that I've not seen very much of, but this again, this she's in good times. Yeah. Um, she is yeah. briefly as yeah. his girlfriend. She um, shows up in Hateful Eight. I feel like a lot I, of filmmakers yeah, are like trying Hateful to like <laughs> shout around. Yeah, like, Hateful Eight heard like one and only Oscar nomination, which came like mm. years after her peak. Like, yeah. Yeah. oh man, the, the, yeah, those films she was in, like uh, Georgia. The last exit to Brooklyn. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, she's a she. She plays Trailer. She's fantastic in she that. She plays um, shortcuts with Tim Robbins. Dorothy well. Parker and Mrs. Parker in the Vicious, Vicious Circle. Circle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's in shortcuts exactly. These are all films that I haven't seen. <laughs> and she's like a very kind of indie queen kind of aesthetic. Mm. So like, she never really transcended into like star power, like movie star. Right. Because mm. I think this is probably her most starry role. Because it's right. more her personality than like you know any huge emotions or like any depth to the character but it's such a fun role it's just winning and, and she does it charming. with such yeah. ease and charm mm. you know mm. like she's mm. yeah I, I feel like initially um when she first came on screen because she is the most of all the performers probably the most uh affected or like mannered i was i think initially... robbins is doing like a particularly like he's doing some clowning stuff in his performance as well he is like, uh, and you guys are just talking about like paul newman does some weird big stuff as no, well which is fun it's fun totally it's, but I, I feel like uh, in terms of the the voice and that's such specific yeah. style um I, I initially was like oh how do i feel about this but yeah. uh, the fact that it's there's also like this kind of theme of around her being quite a performative kind of character around yeah. like trying to put on something and fit in with the boys and and be tough then she um, does have that foil with the mm. bruce campbell character yeah who's mm. no less she exaggerated does. with mm. his like say what gives yeah, yeah. totally Another thing that did kind of bother me, though, I was like, this is 1958, <laughs> and I don't know if they were still talking like this in 1958. <laughs> it's, this, too, it's too late. Well, the 60s the are, like, knocking. Yeah. And, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I was like, but, like, once you put that aside, it's just easy to get swept I up in it, you know? I definitely like, did not remember what year it was supposed to be said, and I was like, oh, it's the early mid-century. <laughs> yeah. We have the, the the beatnik bar with Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Oh, yeah, We true. have the Dean Martin-esque singer. And <laughs> yeah, Peter Gallagher. Was it Peter Gallagher? He looked yeah. so good yeah. in that role, and he yeah. sounded so good. Also for shortcuts. Right, exactly. And I was like, should play that role more often, but now yeah. he's a, yeah. Yeah. Um, so should we talk about you mentioned Tim Robbins and his kind of performance should we yeah. talk about Tim and I, I had forgotten that uh, you guys were talking when we saw the film that he was having a, a banner year or kind of couple um, of years yeah just time. like again like Jennifer Jason Lee, he was just having a good early 90s really like The Player and, and Shortcuts Bob Roberts um, he directed um, Dead Man Walking I think a year after this is when that was released but you know we kind of forgot him a little bit until he had like you know high fidelity was he in high fidelity mm -hmm. yeah and then Mr. Who's he? is he one of the uh, ex-boyfriend i mean she, a boyfriend no, he's, he's, a, a villain. he's the neighbor who yeah. his uh girlfriend runs off with oh that's right yeah i want to see that new version of high fidelity by the way that yeah it's quite good with um oh what's her name um from um uh, big little lies Zoe Kravitz. yeah, Zoe Kravitz. yeah. Right. The lead sure. guy. Yeah. yeah the the daughter of the yeah which yeah. is the yeah. uh, it's such a good casting decision instead of being like we're gonna make her play rather than the mother character she's gonna play the lead dude yeah. let's just change it why not yeah let's just do it i think that'd be fun i like her i think he's definitely playing kind of i don't know a small town kind of 
yeah not very smart but you know i think he's but yeah he's playing up like there's a lot of theatricality and yeah. like very in terms of staginess i guess to a lot of the performances where like when he's being shy and he's got the blue letter and he's creeping into the office rather than like acting like a yeah a realistic really shy person he's like clutching himself and he's just like creeping across up to the thing and that's it's a full body kind of clowny thing yeah i don't know whose avatar yeah. this is it's not quite james stewart who is a lot more like Smart and street. I didn't. I didn't like, see that one as coming across as a particular pastiche or like. Yeah. On a th- right. The way that like I guess that's why the Jennifer Jason Lee performance feels a bit more like I a guess type. you were saying like a type yeah. or like mm. it's a bit more a whole imitation of something else. He reminds Whereas me those more ones of, are just kind of big. Yeah, he reminds me more of like minor characters from films of that era. Right. Yeah, mm. yeah. that's right. Just in that the, the, the sort of the rube who's always saying mm. you know, well right you know right here and this is what we this is what we're gonna do. But, mm. but also he's got the journey of someone like um, the the lead character of, of Sullivan's travels. travels. Yeah, that's right. Um, but he starts yeah. from a place of sort of a, a higher up place. So it's a yeah, it's an it's an odd it's an odd mix. There's also a bit of Mister Smith goes to Washington. Yeah, going back to, mm-hmm. no, I think about it. Yeah, it does have a bit of Sullivan's travels in there. Yeah. But the thing is, in order to enjoy this film, you don't need to know. Anything. No, it's it's, it stands on its own. Really, yeah. 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 I think that. And the role of for Tim, I like it. I think he's really well cast on this because I think that's quite a hard role to kind of pull off because he is such a fucking idiot mm. um, throughout that you need to be able to love him like the Jennifer, Jennifer Jason Lee. And we'll get into like whether or not that love story really needs. That was to be one there. of my things. Is like I don't you know. like other than the conventions of you know we do have a love story film, because this yeah. is what happens in that type of film. I was yeah. like, do these characters need to be in love? I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they do have a really lovely balcony scene together. I I was fully charmed by it. So. I didn't buy the balcony scene. <laughs> I didn't buy it. Um, <laughs> he looked really young in some of the shots. Just because yeah. of his, like, you know, red face. face. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so tall. Like, yeah. you don't really notice it until he's surrounded by these other men. And I'm like, he's quite tall. He doesn't look it, like, yeah. once you see him. Mm. But, like, surrounded by other people, he's, he's really tall. He's got a tall. short aura. Yeah, I think so. Like, <laughs> an average-sized aura. But, yeah. Mm. And so does he mainly play, like, villains now? Like, I mean, like, he had his leading man kind of day and now he's sure he was the same year as well right yeah and then he i mean uh he was in high fidelity as a baddie uh i he's in the weird he's a bad guy in shortcuts he's a bad guy yeah. player too yeah he's not and jonathan in... demi he's like he's a bad guy in Bob Robert Robert guy. Guy. yeah yeah he's not in mystic river so he's got he's, i mean i guess he's got like he can play because he is can be imposing because of his height and his yeah um, i guess uh, hollywood mostly treats him like slick back is here yeah, <laughs> but he also has the face to be quite innocent and and you know mm. yeah. the cherubic yeah. nose. Absolutely. I think he's got he's got a, like a trustworthy sort of soul. I think so. I yeah. think that you can pick up on that when you're watching a movie, even when like in Shortcuts he plays mm. uh, this bastard cop. Yeah. Who, uh, but but you kind of just trust him to mm. to take you on the journey mm. of the film. Yeah. You know? mm. Mm. Should we talk about Paul Newman? Oh my god, the MVP, <laughs> like. <laughs> He's he's incredible, and I don't think I've seen many other like this, uh, not comedic, but like yeah, stylized from him. I think like mm. usually he would be you know the cool hand Luke or like you know mm. more more I, playing always, in the realism. I realm. always forget how good of an actor Paul Newman is, just because he's just so blindingly handsome, mm. like yeah. so conventionally handsome. Those blue yeah. eyes that you just forget how good he is, and then he acts, and it's just so effortless from him. Yeah, and it's just like I think that's like. 
the quality that separates him from like a Brando or something where it's just like Brando it's is great but like you can see you can, like it's very soulful so much but it's so yeah. soulful <laughs> whereas Newman is just ease yeah. is, is what his yeah, acting style is definitely and it's just as good you know <laughs> like and this is um, a role that kind of um, caters to that but also gives him a bit, a bit more fun things to play yeah there's two shots that leapt to mind with like just the, the manicness of, of this movie where there's one where he's trying to pull a cigarette out of Tim Robbins uh, mouth um, because he's like considering it feel like give him the company and he pulls on it Tim Robbins like bites down and then we just get this huge sh- shot of, of um, Paul Newman like reacting trying to pull it back um, and then also the shot of him frozen in time when the clock tower is frozen yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, he's just great. grinning yeah. with a cigar out of his mouth mm. um, it's just yeah it's, I, I love how theatrical and, and silly this guy gets to be I don't know how many villains Paul Newman has yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've seen he's always been the nice guy yeah. because again he, if you're blindingly handsome around yeah. yeah. <laughs> like about this, this time he was probably playing um, The Verdict um, where no, he's no, like this Verdict was 10 years ago yeah. was it? this would be Nobody's Fool and, and, and then Road to Perdition a few Road years later would be 2002 that would be yeah, like yeah. 10 years after it's a matter because um, he you feel like he still looks very good for his age but how old would he have been when they did this, this he gets a shirtless six, scene six, left. Yeah. Yeah. he was cut yeah. For, so yeah I think it would be 70s wow. I think or 60s and Perdition was sure. one of his last right yeah 2002 that was that one yeah um, yeah I think yeah that was towards the twilight of his career hmm. um, now he's great like, just nothing more to say. <laughs> it's just like... Good performance. Yeah. I'm, I'm more and more convinced that he's playing uh, Burt Lancaster. Oh, yeah, um, I see that. Specifically in uh, The Sweet Smell of Success. Oh, that's such a good movie. Where, do you remember Burt Lancaster's character's name in that? No. It's, is it... Um, very similar? Hunsecker. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And he oh, has yeah. in his in the in his office it's the Tony Curtis guy is called Sydney as well. Right. So yeah, that's probably all these things an, an are probably inspiration. Around yeah, yeah. yeah. Um just circling back to Tim Robbins a bit, there was a shot where he looked like Orson Welles to me. Really? He was like lying down. Oh, like the yeah. hair slick back? I think so. It was yeah. like definitely the, the... And they have similar face shape. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that was, it was the part where like I think it was like blue it was like the part where they were showing the video of the person um going to the mental institution and it was uh, like superimposed oh, yeah. over his face mm. and like he was lying down lying back yeah, and yeah. it was like oh, that yeah. is he looks like Orson Welles <laughs> yeah he looks like those those shots in Citizen Kane yeah where, absolutely yeah. um and it was just like maybe that's one of the factors to his casting you know? <laughs> like he is just one of those faces one of, those, of faces. those types that you saw I don't know, that's the thing with like yeah. anything that's kind of slightly period, right? There's like people that have period faces and people that don't. Yeah, some people just <laughs> like, do some people not just fit don't. in, you know? Yeah. It's like that picture of like, is it Ben Affleck? And he's wearing like Elizabethan clothes in some oh, and film. And you're like, and oh, no, no, no. Shakespeare no, and Ben Affleck. You're not from that time. The, yeah. the best one is the guy who plays uh, Duck Phillips in Mad Men. Oh. He just looks like yeah. he could not like, well, why is he alive now? You're like, surely he died back in 1985. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's the, it's the same thing as, I haven't seen it yet, but the trailer for that new adaptation of Emma that's on the phone. Oh, yeah. Every time I see you watch it, I'm like, there's a lot of British character faces in yeah. this one. Yeah. A lot of good British character faces. I do yeah. love that. A lot, lots of good faces in this. That whole boardroom. Yeah. The guy, yeah. With, the guy with the eyebrows. The eyebrows. Yeah. The eyebrows, the emotional eyebrow man. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was very tempted to jump out the building himself before the plexiglass the, 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 the got pi- installed. Just pirates so we could see his cuts. eyebrows sliding, sliding down. down. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was very good. Yeah. Um, you, you get John Mahoney as well as like mm-hmm. a kind of um, newspaper editor. Mm. Pictures of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah very J. Jonah Jameson. Mm-hmm. Um, and who else do we have in this film? And There's Bruce Campbell as well. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Talking about the Sam Raimi connection. So ha- do you know much of the history around how they knew each other and being Joel great? Cohen, I think, worked as an assistant on The Evil Dead. And oh, that's cool. how they met. Um, and they wrote, I don't know if... Um, I think Raimi helped write the screenplay. Yeah, yeah. Right. he was credited as a screenwriter for this. this yeah, this yeah. was written before they did Blood Simple. Right. And wow. in Crime Wave, which is a, a film I think that Raimi directed and, and the Coens wrote, which is mm. terrible, <laughs> they talk about Hudsucker Industries. Huh. So this is, this was the film they wanted to make forever. Mm. Right. And they just couldn't get the financing, so they went, oh, we'll yeah. just make blood simple raising arizona Miller's we'll crossing some incredibly famous <laughs> yeah. just you know while we spin our wheels before mm. we do what we makes really sense, want to because bonefink was the last movie that they made and that like won them the palm door can so like yeah. finally i think they had enough cachet in the industry to be making this type mm. of film they got paul newman for this which is really yeah. probably a big get for them they wanted clint eastwood Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, didn't know that. And Barton Fink was written as a result of procrastination, I think. Yep. In yeah, two weeks. That they just <laughs> didn't want to do their actual ah. stuff. Mm. Uh, it's a fantastic movie. I think oh, it's I my favorite yeah. Coen Brothers film. I, I, I want to. I'm like, I've seen it like two times, <laughs> and it's so, so ambiguous, yeah. and just like leaves you on so the precipice. It doesn't tie everything up in a neat little bow. And I think I need to revisit. It's like Blade Runner for me, which I just like love every more every time that i see it i love it a little bit more but but i completely loved it yeah what's your favorite cohen my favorite cohen um like miller's crossing is very up there oh that's good i've only seen it the once but like that really blew me away of like it just feels so complete Mm. um sick of the hi-hat yeah (laughs) fantastic and uh i guess it's very basic but like something like no country for old men is oh that's very strong great film yeah um for like a very like underrated one that despite being on netflix i feel like wasn't seen all that much the ballad of Scraggs. incredible and you get like an amazing um, tom waits performance uh, my favorite section is the one with um lily collins oh yes where she was the bride that's right yeah and, and she um, goes on a big voyage to try that's and... That's a wonderful film. Yeah, yeah. that is great. Mm. Yeah, that one is great. I think my favorite, which I th- never... Like, it's so... Like... Oh, not representative of their filmography, really. But I guess it is the more I dig into it, is, is True Grit. It's the one I've revisited mm. most mm. often. I don't know why. the. I, one that I when James was saying like oh have you seen this one have you seen this one and going through like how many yeah. actually seen and he's like True Grit and I'm like oh I forgot that was them yeah. when I first saw True Grit I was like oh that was nice but the mm. more I don't know I guess the themes kind of just resonate with me the more I get older and I have more of an inkling to watch it I yeah something about about um, the unfulfillment of it all and, and, and Maddie and, and Rooster Something and about that speaks to me. I haven't seen The Edge of Seventeen yet, but I'm pretty sure it's still like the best role that Haley Stanford has had like a chance to. Oh, she's great in it. Yeah, to play. What a find. Mm. Yeah, 
What you, what, of, 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 of my team, uh, probably, uh, probably your brother were out there, um, just because I love the whimsy. <laughs> and it's just, the music it. is great. Yeah. There's so many, it's just such a dang soundtrack. It's just such a romp and such a caper. And I'm like, it's not the most serious film that anyone's ever made, I guess. But I just really love it. It's one of those ones that I've seen a few times because it just, people put it on and it's one that if you're halfway through watching it, you're like, oh, I'll watch the end of this. Yeah. And it's um, great dialogue too. Yeah, yeah, the dialogue's fun. We're in a tight spot. Yeah, they're like Dan, man. One, one of the like only like mainstream filmmakers to like really embrace like an episodic kind of structure in a lot mm. of their films. Yeah. Like Inside Lou and Davies, like I love is that. just like yeah. just following this one character of like trying to make it work and just a series of experiences. Same with Oh Brother Out There and Buster mm. well, the, like, the whole yeah. Odyssey like format. For yeah, Arts. which yeah. they weren't aware of when they were writing it. Really? Like, yeah, they, they, they were just writing the script and then someone read it, I think, and said, this is kind of like the Odyssey. So they went, well, we may as well just rip it off. Also. Right. It gives them the structure. You I know? think the first Wait. time I saw it was in classics class where What's one it? of my teachers was like, we can watch this. This is relevant. <laughs> and we got to watch it and we were like, this does not relevant at all, but it's better than watching Troy, which yeah, is our last yeah, thing we yeah. watched. During an iPad. I'm pretty sure Oh Brother Where Out There was the fake film in Sullivan's it Travels. Was, yes. yes? Yeah. yeah. Oh my no, God. no, no. Was it Sullivan's Travels? Oh, it was definitely yes. for, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah. Ah. It's, um, so, like, yeah. they're talking I about I wanted a to film make her brother were out there. Yeah. 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 Ah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Big Preston Searchers fans. I see. Yeah. You talked about the romance not working for you. So, I guess one thing that whenever I'm watching a film, particularly films like this where there's generally one female character, and like oh, the one and a Nicole Smith and a Nicole Smith unnamed other character Zaza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, when there's like one proper female character and um, they have the love uh, the love interest of the main character, hmm. I guess I'm always critically going into that mm. being like, do those characters need to be in love? And I, I just I don't think I came out of this being like that love story was very necessary yeah. to the plot. Yeah. Like I felt like she needed to warm to him and she needed to yeah. want to support him by the end of it. And they needed to have a friendship or respect for each other by the end of it. But I was yeah. like, I don't know if I buy that this needs to be a romance. Yeah. And I don't know if like the moments where they did fall in love, I'm like, ah, oh, but he is kind of dumb. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but she's so smart and yeah. he's, he's so dumb. <laughs> and I'm like, surely you wouldn't lower yourself to this man. <laughs> but maybe that's just me like projecting yeah. and like empathizing too much with the fast talking career gal as I want to do anytime the archetype yeah. appears in any film because it's, myself down to the hair curls. Or me, I empathise with Tim Robbins because at times I, I feel that I'm just like a stupid <laughs> dumbass that like just somehow fumbles through life. I didn't mind this. I just thought that she thought on him pretty quickly. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I was like, I feel fast. like there's more of a plot reason that they're in love yeah. now than a like character reason. Yeah. So, but that's yeah. kind of the the nature of the film is it yeah. just like yeah. goes we're gonna sweep you up in these beats mm-hmm. i mean it's slightly struck me slightly ludicrous this time that uh that uh norville puts back on his apron before he goes out onto the window so he has the blue letter there. honestly it was yeah. one of those things i saw him putting it on and i was like i wonder why that's happening and then yeah. like as soon as it happened i was like oh there was a reason for that but but we yeah. don't but yeah. you know it's it's not it, it's kind of we don't need to buy it being a real romance yeah. if you want to if you want to see real romances not work watch practically any 90s comedy mm. you know? <laughs> yeah, we true. just did yeah. Yeah. no I don't think She's like I, it's definitely not a thing where I was like ah this ruins the film for me it's just yeah. one of those things where I was like ah I don't know it's like because James, James had mentioned like ah I thought the balcony said they really chemistry and I was like nah I can take it or leave it no, but it, it, it didn't need to happen it, it, it was it was kind of lukewarm 
Yeah. But it was always going to happen. Yeah. So it's like, mm. like yeah. In terms of uh, that as well, there's a couple of beats near the near the end that felt like it could be like elided just a, a tiny bit in terms of just to get to the end faster. Kind yeah. Of thing. Tim Robbins ends up in the beatnik bar, desperate for like an actual drink, and they're like, we they get that Bashimi cameo, and juice and and, yeah. and coffee. It's um, cool. Yeah, and it just felt like it was um, the kind of the madness and the madcapness of it. It uh, had been so energetic in the first two acts that trying to like wrap everything up, it does seem to like settle down into something a little bit not fully realistic, but is just trying to find the ends of the threads that it uh, that kind of momentum um, yeah it loses it. So to get us to those final kind of moments with you know angels and. Um, uh, you know, magical Negro characters fighting. Uh, did you suggest he was like a devil character? Who I, I, well, the, evil, so it's obviously evil good and evil. Yeah, yeah. 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 And there's a, there's old also Moses a sense and old sign. Whatever that shepherd. guy is, the yeah. bald white headed guy. There's bo- great, sort of white, I mean, white skin headed guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's a sense that he's almost like maybe sort of um, uh, Musburger's uh, familiar or something, or, like, right. yeah. or some sort of henchman mm. for mm. the uh, like the uh, almost like Moses is there keeping you know keeping an eye on everything and mm. keeping you know everything you know keeping the wheels greased. Yeah, literally. And yeah, and uh, this other this other guy is there as kind of like an agent of chaos mm. to um, to make sure everything is as evil as it possibly can be. <laughs> Mm. Mm. And also, I think they were just like, it'd be funny if this guy came, showed up, and they had a fight with the broom and the little sign yeah. chipper. <laughs> like, I think sometimes it's yeah, it's like this would be fun. Yeah, well, I could see them envisioning that scene really fun. Yeah. You know, yeah, and he had you know the face for it and yeah, the stature. Just half the guy that looks really sinister. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I guess yeah. you know. Yeah, the thing that marks that is the the trope of the magical negro, and the, the cons have never, as much as I love them, have never been great at writing. People of color. I just remember that scene mm. on Fargo where Marge um, meets her ex-boyfriend, who's the Asian guy, and I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about the scene, where it's just very uncomfortable, mm. like he's very weird, and mm. she gets uncomfortable, and I'm like, what is the purpose of the scene? I, I never quite got it, mm. but I, I kind of just like dialed back to that now, and I'm like, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, other than that, most of their stories are pretty rich, and yeah. Hmm. pretty yeah. good character I, I wonder I mean like someone leveled that criticism to like Scorsese as well of like why do you always like tell this kind of narrative or these kind of people in terms of like his gangster films and someone was like oh we shouldn't expect this filmmaker to go outside their kind of ballpark and but the whole thing with Scorsese is like people have been you know saying the criticism being leveled at him is kind of ridiculous because you've got on one hand people saying like mean that like old white men should stay in their lane and like only write stuff that they know about and but they should still uplift people of color and he's like okay i'm gonna do that by funding yeah yeah true like yeah. directors of color's projects not, not, not okay yeah. i'm going to do that like yeah. hey yeah, I, I have been, been doing, doing i've been, been doing yeah it's like yeah, yeah. like and that's I what i've been, been doing, doing I'm for my career yeah, absolutely yeah. Yeah. um and so it's you know like if you have both those criticisms which is that double-edged sword of like yeah. yes you should have more and like i never want artists yeah. to tell something that they have to tell yeah you know it's it's something that really should come from them that's the thing mm-hmm. is you know? like i'm i'm never like ah this person should therefore always like like therefore yeah. they're bad because most of their stories are focused on white people it's more just like yeah. a thing that you should acknowledge <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily and mean I like think, therefore you need to change i think the efforts can go 
no. elsewhere, you know, like behind the camera or mm. like casting, like, it, you know, characters could be the same, story could be the same, yeah. but just those other aspects could, you know, sh- you know, have more diversity and mm. people mm. from different mm. backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the other experiences that we had before the movie started is we watched this on a very particular uh, type of format, uh, the VHS, and we got an insight into some of the films that were coming oh, out. Oh, yeah, they had all of the, the, um, the trailers for different mm. films. Yeah, 20 minutes inside, of trailers is... before we It was fascinating. Quite good. Yeah. What did, what did I, we have? I had never heard of any I had, of these yeah, films, same. I think. So, oh, there's Super Little Women 94. Um, there was Cops and Robertson. Cops and Robertson with Chevy Chase yeah. um, and, and Diane Weist. Um, and Jack Palance. And the very serious lesbians in the military film. Yeah. No, serving in silence. Serving in silence with yeah. Glenn Close and Judy Davis. The Secret of Rowan Innish. Yeah. Which, uh, that was the one with the creature that you thought was... Yeah, messy, I thought it was Nessie for a bit. No. There's Andre. Andre, the, the, the seal. seal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, they've squeezed a lot of it, really. Quite. Yeah. quite oh, yeah. And the princess... No, oh, the um, swan princess. The swan princess. Just quite a, a range. Yeah, that one I, I had seen before. And I'm guessing it's... And I was thinking about it, I was like, what is the uniting theme for these films that are so broad? But I guess maybe it is that it's a PG-rated film, which is yeah, one of those that. things that... It yeah. also could be the distributor. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, but I guess it's also interesting because I feel like you just kind of don't really see PG films that much that aren't specifically for children, which is kind yeah. of interesting. I'd, was, I'd yeah. never noticed that it was a PG film. Yeah. I mean, I'm literally just looking because we've got the, yeah. the, the cases on the table. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's interesting because, like, you know, there's not really anything in there. I guess, it is not something that you could watch this. You could watch this as a kid and I think get a lot out of it, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, Even though it's not what is the, the little um, contains violence? Yeah. Oh, right, the little fight, the fight sequence. No more violence than a Warner Brothers guy. No, no. no really. Um, with looking on the DVDs in front of us, one of them is a picture of the, well, they've both got a cast on them, but one of them, Tim Robbins, is holding up um, the uh, hula hoop um, that happens in the midway point, which... We were saying um, before well, the podcast is a real spoiler. I was, like, I'm I'm so happy that I like, I had heard that this hula hoop was like somehow connected to this movie like and at some point, but I completely forgotten that there was any connection with hula hoops until watching the movie and the first time you see him hula hooping, and I was like, oh, of course, now I understand, yeah. and I'm I'm really glad that I had that experience. I feel like if you see it on the front cover of the VHS or the DVD, then you're mm. kind of spoiled a bit. Because all throughout he holds it up, you know, for kids. Yeah, and you're because like, I'm thinking like this is, is some this really man? weird conceptual MacGuffin thing where yeah. they've been like we don't even need to draw the ridiculous thing that he's selling because it's just a circle the first time I had seen it I had assumed that they're just in a world without circles but that doesn't work because the clock tower <laughs> the has circles circle. like well it's 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 all circles and lines so you've got the mm. clock yeah the hula hoop uh the the, the the ring from the coffee cup that is on the classifier yeah, that's yeah, right yeah, yeah. gets into um, yeah. so there are all of these sort of circular things and of course it's all the it's wheel of fortune yeah. And, yeah. and stuff yeah. and the in the in the new year ticking over yeah. and all that sort of stuff Absolutely. as well set in these things with all the you know those those sharp skyscrapers mm-hmm. um and even like the, the the i think it's a fob watch that hudsucker puts on his yeah, he takes desk. it out puts it on yeah. the desk before yeah. he jumps and then out. he's got a he's got the halo which is spinning yeah, around as an angel yeah. it's a, it's it's amazing that so many of these things that like matched up mm. yeah that you could have just a blank circle and it could also be tied to to two or three mid-century inventions yeah you know like this and the and the, just visually it's a it's an it's it's a very fortunate film i think yeah, as well, yeah. As a, well i think it also kind of well just goes one. to show like how much 
uh, insight we get to like how the story um, Cohen's view storytelling. It's visual, and it's the story plus getting those like I don't know symbols and like yeah, mm. just having the circles mean something, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love the filmmaking of of this kind of sequence of the hula hoops. It was just like madcap and you, you said that this was directed by sam raimi this, this the sequence. bit where yeah the i think it's i don't know how much of it um but i think it's where they you know where they, where they uh go to the the store mm. and then he flings them out and the kid picks it up raimi directed that he directed another bit as well yeah i want to say it's the bit with the with the two um with the two cabbies commenting Mm. You know, the commentating first the first meeting of yeah. Amy and Norville, but I don't think so. I think it's just because it's such a, you know, the one out of the box scene. Yeah, it's just so good. The the dialogue, the accents <laughs> with the characters, and then just how perfectly it matches up with. She's not. She is. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, there's like a wise. There's a, look wise. Yeah, there's <laughs> a moment where Tim Robbins like should clearly like pick up that she's crying, and she has to like shove yeah. him in the shoulder mm. for mm. him to notice. Yeah. Is there any more like old fat, old timey sounding um, disease than lumbago? <laughs> <laughs> what is lumbago? Consumption. Like, right. I don't know. I'm not I sure. I feel like it's, it's a thing I know thing? from old. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. It's, lumbago. It's a thing I know from old films. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, you mentioned that this um, film has a, a special place in your show. Do you want to talk to anything of that? Or we'll leave it a just a, the, the show's about. Um, about video stores mm. and this is definitely a film that i saw on vhs for the first time mm. and so it just informed some of the things that the, the ways i was thinking and i had written a um a draft that mentioned it and then i found this copy this vhs x rental copy at the dump shop and i'm 90 percent sure that i watched this very tape Right. The one that we watched. Because yeah. you're like, this is the X rental that you would have gone to Island Bay Video and rented it. Yeah. Mm. Right. Um, so it just, the whole thing feels sort of full circle. There we go. Circles um, again. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> and uh, and I've also got, I already had this X rental DVD. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so it just it, it started to become a bit of a cipher or a bit of a, a, a you know. A, it's a, like a, a totem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't really serve. I don't know. The whole the, it's a weird show. Hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just like noticing all the circles. We're like in a circular table recording this. That's great. Yeah. The microphone is relatively circular. Is oh, there God, anything God. else you want to talk about? Before or is we that... get to bag and buffet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not that I can think of. Oh, I, I would like yeah. to draw attention to one other scene. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. Um, yeah. And that's because I think it's a really typical Coen Brothers. Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one film that you guys didn't mention before was A Serious Man, which is one of my favorite. Oh yeah, films. I love yeah. Serious Man. And there's a there's a scene in A Serious Man where um, one character says to the Michael Stolberg character, "Have I ever told you the the story of the Goy's teeth?" Yes. Remember that? Yeah. Um, was that the intro? No, that's the debook. Is the yeah? Is that's the right. Intro yeah, yeah, yeah. With Fyish Finkel. Yeah, um, yeah. But the in the with the the Goy's teeth thing, it's a it's a it's the story is that a, this Jewish dentist finds some um, Hebrew inscribed oh, yes, right. in the Goy's this. Yep. teeth, which he sees with the with the mirror, mm. and he worries about it, and the and the and the and the guy comes back and he obsesses over it and he obsesses over it, and the story doesn't go anywhere. Mm. It's sort of. It just it just finishes and the dentist is like okay again he forgets about it mm. and um, 
and and Michael Solberg stands up and says, "Why are you telling me this?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it has been this it has been this fantastic, uh, you know, filmic section. Mm, yeah. And there's and there's a very similar scene in in this which I noted you all enjoying, uh, which is when. Newman is being held by his trousers oh, over there. The, I was going to mm. mention yes, the pants. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the pants. When the, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry, Mr. Musburger, I got you by your pants. And he says, pants. <laughs> Flashback to his <laughs> Italian his tailor. tailor. Yeah. I'm like, saying, I, I, I give you the double stitch. stitch. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, it's just a pad, you know, pocket. <laughs> no one needs double stitch. Yeah. Why would I need double stitch on my yeah. pants? <laughs> yeah. They cut could. back and <laughs> yeah, the but stitching is like, coming I'll do it anyway. I'll yeah, give him the yeah. double stitch for free. He's such a nice man. Like, <laughs> see, it's great. almost not even a joke. It's, a, no, it's you know? great. <laughs> but it's, it's so funny yeah. and, it's, and it's so unnecessary to the yeah. to the story, but it's so tonally re- rewarding. You know? yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, so there, are those, there are those Cohen things everywhere. The Coens get great performances out of everyone oh yeah and they and they managed to inhabit uh, a, a singular world for all of their films whether it's the man who wasn't there or a brother mm. who were out there or raising arizona they always just get everyone on the same page absolutely mm. um, everyone giving a reaction in this film is just in that moment like yeah. reacting in period acting you know mm. it's great I love yeah. it. And the tones are so, like, I mean, mentioning, yeah, I had forgotten about uh, The Man Who Wasn't There and, you know, No Country for Old Men. Those are, you know, very significant, significantly different tones to something like Hard mm. Sucker Proxy. And being able to dial into that and just find the precise time, it's, yeah, they're, they're amazing. And it's incredible that it's two people, that they can be so dialed into each other. Uh, yeah and this is back when Joel was the only one still directing yeah although I think Ethan did direct at the time I mean yeah just because the DGA rules yeah right yeah I think they started being credited Lady Killers was probably the first one they both auspicious yeah is that a so why did the DGA did they just have a thing that only one person could direct a film only one person could be credited as director yeah right that Mm. seems very stupid (laughs) like why would you so when Joel Cohen was nominated for an Oscar for Fargo he was the only one credited which is crazy (laughs) do you remember it should have taken turns at least (laughs) did anyone see the the Oscars for when they won for No Country for Old Men talking of like the polar opposite of like um, Parasite winning they're just both like incredibly antisocial like especially yeah. awkward people so they're like thanks so much you know yeah. <laughs> like just yeah. um yeah. no no extras chill. on any of their dvds no, no. <laughs> <laughs> just, nothing don't want they, to um, they edit all their movies itself. as well yeah as roderick oh. james oh as what roderick james oh wow they're um they're ultra ego is roderick james come from somewhere i don't like, know i'm not sure it, yeah it's got to be an acronym yeah <laughs> apparently they're also like, really in sync Mm. When they're on set, they they have the same vision of how everything's meant to go. Mm. Um, I heard recently on some podcast, someone was telling a story about a a disagreement between the Coens on set. Mm. Um, The the guy gave some, maybe Joel gave some direction, and Ethan said, um, oh, I thought it might be better if he went the other way. And Joel goes, huh. Well, we'll shoot it both ways and see which one we like. And that was, that's as much as... That's, <laughs> right, that's, that's, that's headbutting <laughs> yeah, for the comments. Tensions rise on the set. Yeah. Um, oh, one, one other thing. Um, something that struck me as well watching the, 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 the VHS was that it, it was really fuzzy and it wasn't as sharp 
Mm. You know, so it's good that the film actually did did carry as well with that. We were kind mm. of watching it through a gauze. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it seemed like a real uh, a remnant from a time past. And I also realized that so many of the people in the film are dead now. <laughs> yeah, John Mahoney, is... Paul Newman, yeah. Anna Nicole Smith. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. sure there are more. Charles Durning, I'm sure. Charles Durning, yeah. yeah. No, Charles Durning is dead. Yeah. I'm getting flashbacks to our last episode. Well, that's exactly. Where Cass said, oh, m- most of these people <laughs> are probably dead. I didn't say dead. most of the people. But I said there's possibly people. lots of people that are dead. So what was the film? She's uh, all there. <laughs> which is from 1999. They were, talking, they were talking about Paul yeah. Walker, and I was they said something like, oh, we shouldn't speak all of the dead or something. And I was like, oh, well, there's lots of people probably that are dead in the film. Just, you know. <laughs> It's a, wow. There's a lot of actors. <laughs> They're all and later on, later on, you named another person that was dead. So Alexis Arquette. There we go. The one. Yeah. I also want to mention that you were talking around how the film kind of holds us. I hadn't realised until just the very end that Roger Deakins um, is yeah. the yeah. Um, cinematographer of this. Which I was actually surprised because they didn't always used to work yeah. with them early in their career. It was Barry Sonnenfeld that they work with. So I maybe this was their first collaboration. Is Deacon's like the sure. go-to now? Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, they haven't worked with them for a while because they did Bruno Delbonel for Inside Lewin Davis and Buster Scruggs. So I'm not sure what their working relationship is at the moment. Yeah, he did True Grit though, didn't he? He did do yeah. True Grit. Yeah, I don't know who did Serious Man though. I'm not sure. I wonder if they picked based on the tone of the film Possibly, or yeah. its relationships. But yeah. I mean, cinematographers are going to have different style yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah and if you're comparing this film and like true grit then it doesn't seem to be a huge amount of crossover in terms of visual style but, but those know. are made by the same people no i know i'm yeah. saying oh, like, right, yeah, yeah like so like i, I guess it would make least gotcha, sense to, yeah. if it's the mm. same cinematographer for both those very different films yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, should we move to baggin and buffett then? sure yeah i thought it would be a fast round yes um who'd like to go first I'll go first. This is a straight bag for me. And put this in the good bag. (laughs) Um, This is a good film that I really enjoyed. I'm sad to hear that people didn't like this when it came out. Yeah. Um, I understand it. I'm always on it. I don't know. I I like the weird things. I like the wacky things. I like things that, I don't know, don't take themselves too seriously and having a lot of fun. Um, There's a very... What's that thing? Ah, this is a... a, the quote about Tom Stoppard's The Real Inspector Hound is like it's a beautifully por- like it's like a beautifully engraved porcelain Mickey Mouse. It's like <laughs> absolutely useless but so beautiful. <laughs> and I'm like, it's that sort of film which I really enjoy. No, yeah. I love it when the coins get wacky. Raising Arizona is like you know, mm. it, it doesn't always work sometimes, but like for the most part, um, I'm on board. So this was a stri- that was a bag for me. Like I had a great time. Mm. Um, yeah, especially seeing it for the first time. Yeah, and honestly, the VHS kind of goes. Um, couldn't have happened to a better film because I felt like I was just like being transported back to 1959 <laughs> which I'm sh- sure that's 1959 that's, the era of the VHS <laughs> but I'm just like also that's sure that's the year this was set very 1959 I think 59 might have been yeah, yeah. no it was but I, I was just making comment of how it didn't feel like the world <laughs> of the film was in 1959 yeah it was just some time in the past one of my favourite jokes in that film was like even towards the end, he thought that she was from Muncie, Indiana. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> and you can see all the moments where she's going to correct him, but she's just like, no, I won't. <laughs> and then when he finds out, he just makes the strangest set of noises. It's yeah. like the start of the Muncie um, call, which she has no clue what's going on. Go Eagles. So That's good. beautiful. Yeah. She, her reactions 
and that are great too. Yeah. Yeah. The way that she she tries to <laughs> to um to play along with the the cheer that he yeah that he you get a sense designed. that like they were just like we're just not going to give you the script for this part. Try to join in as best yeah. as you can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's great. Jennifer it's Jason so Leigh is is great. Mm. I'm glad she's getting work again because she wasn't for like a good time in the mid thousands mm. yeah. teens. Yeah. Uh, it's a bag for me as well. I'd really like to see. I, I don't know. I don't follow Criterion too closely, so I don't know if they have already. But I'd love to see this put into a Criterion uh, collection, if not already. Um, and that, yeah, popular uh, view of the film be restored to what it deserves because it's it's an amazing uh, piece. Um, is that I have a couple of quibbles with it, but by and large, it just it it whacks it smacks it's a banger <laughs> i was trying to find the word i just said words that were close to it all right it whacks it smacks it's a banger you can quote me on that great <laughs> put that on the dvd cover when they edit the criterion i guess yeah. i think i think it's fully happening because like the more people i mean the the further along we get the more the the reputation of the coens grow mm. yeah and, and i wonder how much of the negative response was yeah. just because that was the era that this was made in that people yeah. were not expecting it and weren't really ready for it and were looking were expecting something else yeah i and think the, you know there's retrospective reviews are just as know. divided though like right. a, lot, a lot of really? people have seen it recently and said no this is just a terrible film hmm. oh, interesting wow. Yeah, I guess it's not wrong. <laughs> thematically complex as the other ones, but I'm like. But you don't have to think thematically exactly. complex no, all the not. time. Well, this is, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make... It is thematically complex. Yeah. I mean, it's got it's got all that stuff too. It's it it, it it's working really well underneath the surface. It maybe mm. doesn't have, like the 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 the, you know the 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 full depth of something like No Country for Old Men. Mm. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a it's a perfectly well made. Sc- Greenplay and, yeah. and and film. It's got it's got everything that you need to make these things work. Mm. Yeah, and it does say something. It just it just it does. It yeah. just doesn't say, you know. And also also comedies. I think are are, are easy for people to overlook. Yeah, mm. you know, it's 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 easier to say that Barton Fink is a better film because it's about filmmaking, or it's easier to say that Big Lebowski is a better film. You know, because it's uh, it's it's a it's a noir thing, and that's something. It's a mm. genre that we're okay, sort of going back to and picking mm. over. Mm. But the, but the, this is this is a a, a a film that sort of should be the most broad and welcoming. Mm. Uh, yeah. But but has a, a whole bunch working a whole lot working against it as well. Critics aren't going to like it. Audiences aren't going to know what to expect. Mm. Mm. But yeah, I, I I think it should just be regarded as. A great movie because it is 100%. a great movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, cool. You get the option of bagging and biffing as well. So after that speech, <laughs> what would you say? Uh, yeah, I will. I will keep my two copies and theatrical run poster of it. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Brilliant. Great. Well, that brings us uh, to the end of another episode of Mixed Bag. Um, don't forget to check out uh, Johnny Potts's show at Bats from the third to the sixth. Uh, if you're in Wellington. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And then after you've seen that, you should follow at Rory Simpson95 uh, on Instagram to see the weird thing we're doing on Instagram on March 8th. Yeah. For our friend show. For our friend show. Party of mine. <laughs> yeah. um, so is, uh, is there a place where people can follow you on social media, Johnny? That you we would like, like to, to be out? found. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm, you would like to be found. I'm only on Twitter yeah. uh, at uh, Faster Camels. 
Awesome. Brilliant. You can find me at Lula Morashi, L-U-L-A-M-O-R-A-S-H-I on Instagram or Twitter. You know where to find me. Just follow at Rory Simpson 95 on Instagram. <laughs> you can follow me at... Uh, at James Kane 92 um, and you can follow us on, on Twitter that is and you can follow us on at Mixed Bag Podcast on Facebook Instagram and on Twitter you can follow us on Mixed Bag Pod don't forget to rate us on iTunes and five uh, stars please yeah and talk about it on Twitter if you liked it um, we'll be bringing you a lot more Mixed, well, I mean, like, there's going to be more episodes. That's essentially what I'm saying. Um, cool. We'll Thanks, everyone. James is, James is going to be um, doing the next one. And you know what? It might be for kids. So Maybe. Maybe I'm tossing up between Don't two. Don't change it. I want to do the one that you want. Okay, cool. <laughs> First for kids and then we'll get out of Yeah. All right. See All you right. later, guys. Thank you. Bye. You like those flicks? Come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.